Welcome back to the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast, a show all about inspiring smart, busy women to put their happiness at the top of their to-do list. Join your host and life coach, Dion Thompson, as she chats with amazing women who have figured out how to make their happiness a priority, and more importantly, what it's really like to go from hot mess to awesomeness. And now, on with the show. This is Dion Thompson, your host of the Hot Mess to Awesomeness podcast. I am, oh, I am kind of all fluttery right now. So if this is your first time listening to the podcast, then guess what? We do a dance party before we jump on here. Um, if you've been listening for a while, then you know that I'm usually pretty glowy and sweaty at this point. <laughs> um, and right now I am having kind of like a physical response, which is really awesome. So there's this, some of people may be familiar with this idea of like um, synesthetes. So people that have like synesthesia, I wouldn't say that I have synesthesia, but I do feel music and such that it feels like my skin is like on fire and I cry and things happen. And today I was like, we were dancing to Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Over. And I'm like, Oh, I have oh, my flutter in my chest and this big feeling came and it was, anyway, it was pretty awesome. So I just want to shout out to Steph because it was your pick and it was obviously something I needed to feel today. Hey, so that is a powerful song. <laughs> yes, yes. And all the songs were great. Uh, a little Tiffany to bring us back to when we were like, <laughs> you know, not even born yet. And yeah. <laughs> um, and yeah, the Spice Girls, which, you know, rounded that out beautifully, I think, as far as genres go. <laughs> so thank you. So huge welcome to my, to my guest, uh, Steph Gendron. And uh, she is the um, owner, operator, superstar of Georgia Bay School of Dance and where um, my children get to go and learn beautiful, fabulous things about movement. And I don't have an official bio, but I just wanted to share a couple of my thoughts um, about how I, I sense you you're a, a relatively private person you, you know you're not out there on social uh, we were talking earlier about the lack of selfies on your feed <laughs> um there are people in my life that i'm super grateful for um because they offer my children um pieces joy opportunities that I myself am not in a position to do. And I'm, I'm not just talking about dance, but I'm thinking back to a time when my oldest Addie was, I, I sh um, took her to a friend of mine who was a babysitter, didn't really need a babysitter, <clears throat> but I personally needed space. And she is the kind of person that was just put on this planet to, to offer that kind of care for young ones. And I, I've seen you work and I'm just in awe of how you hold that space for each of those children for hours on end, day after day, month after month. And it is an absolute joy to behold. And I'm, I'm super grateful that you agreed to come and chat with me today. Um, I'm extra excited because you are part of my world, part of my community. I get to like see you whenever, you know, now that <laughs> the COVID world is opening up. And um, so thank you. Thank you for all thank that you, you do that. and, uh, and the joy that you, I know, bring thousands of small children and adults everywhere. Thank you. That means a lot. That means a lot. It takes a village. 
Yes. Like, and that's what I always try to say with my kids, like it's a village. So I, I, I feel so lucky to be part of a village for young kids, for my teenagers and for my families. And I'm so grateful for all the people that are part of that village for my kids. So Mm -hmm. I always feel like it's so cool to see these kids and meet them (laughs) and be a little part of their story. Right. Is uh, I'm very, very lucky. (laughs) And it's, it's awesome that you sort of framed it like that to be part of their story. Cause I'm, I'm such a huge, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm very warm here. I'm such a huge <laughs> um, fan advocate or the way that I see the world is really through this idea of the narrative that we choose and that we walk through in life. And um, often, you know, we perceive the story of our lives to be fairly linear and we kind of piece it all together, one piece in front of the other. Um, yet, what's truly happening is there's these multiple influences, like you said, like a village, just these pieces that are yeah. coming in. And so for the children, for all of us, we, we get to pick and choose the gold. We get yeah. to, you know, it isn't just, this is it. This is all I have. This is the only thing that's happened um, today or even this week or this month or this year that it, you know, there's so many different influences that we get to align ourselves with if that feels right. And, um, and it's just a, such a powerful thing. Yeah, absolutely. And how like all those pieces together are what shape, not one individual thing, right? So I find it so interesting. As you add more things, it just continues to evolve, right? It's neat to see it in our kids and neat to look back and see what influenced us along the way too. Yes. Like the Spice Girls and Tiffany and the kids on the block. (laughs) You got it. Those are great influencers. But it's, you know, part of your story, right? And how you, like, what you were drawn to and the confidence it gave you. And yeah, the nostalgia is kind of fun too. (laughs) So speaking of story, I'm very eager to hear a little bit about your journey. I know, I know probably about this much. And if you can't see me, I'm like making a really like (laughs) teeny tiny figure. Um, And I'm, I'm excited to hear about the journey that brought you to in what I and what us in the community perceive as a, is a great successful sort of cornerstone of our, of our community. Um, and, and what I know about most people's journeys is there's usually a big quote, a blip somewhere along the way that (laughs) makes you go shit. And, and then you, you pivot or you align or whatever you want to call it. So please let us know a little bit more about what brought you to this amazing space. Yeah. So I'm uh, born and raised in Midland. I grew up in Midland. Um, I was Stephanie Cartiers. My dad was part of the, you know, Russ Howard curling era. So I remember growing up in Midland, you know, when we would give our last name, a unique last name, people would say, Oh, you know, we know your dad. And <laughs> I never, I never knew why, but that was what <laughs> a big part of it. And I grew up dancing. Uh, not until a later age did I take it on as sort of my primary activity. I was a figure skater in Midland and I kind of took dance on the side and in the high school kind of switched over. And I, I loved sports. My parents were awesome putting us in like arts activities and sports activities Mm. you know we we did a little bit of everything and uh, I went to university planning to be a teacher or a lawyer those were my goals I always wanted to be (laughs) a teacher I always loved working with kids but I also I thought I was super interested in the idea of being a lawyer so you know varied interests and at the last I couldn't decide what I wanted to study I was looking at everything and I decided to go for a bachelor of fine arts and Mm. to do a dance degree and I thought you know I I can use that 
for law school. I can use it for teacher's sure. college. I can use it to be a choreographer, to do whatever. So I have a Bachelor of Fine Arts, which led me to teacher's college. I ended up deciding to be a teacher, planning to be, um, I loved kindergarten, grade one. Like that was my, my goal or high school. That was sort of how I phrased it. I want to work at the beginning or at the end. I can teach right. dance at the, you know, or I can do literacy at the young ages. And I went to um, OIV uh, at U of T for Teachers College and loved it, loved the amazing mentors that I met along the way there. And that was my plan to, you know, teach dance a little bit, um, to continue to be involved in the studio that I grew up in, in Midland. And uh, along the way, I met my husband, he was an engineer, and he was a little more established in his career than I was, and having him by my side is what led me to be fortunate enough to take a jump, mm. and we decided, you know, our second daughter was about six months old when we decided to sort of open a studio without a lot of planning, or like I'd always, it always had been a dream, but never a dream that I imagined doing. I thought, well, that would be cool. It'd be cool to have my own studio. And that, that was as far as it had right. <laughs> Uh, You know, well, that would be cool. You know, and maybe when I'm, you know, when I'm older and, you know, on my summers off from teaching, like, you know, you sort of spitball. Um, and we kind of just jumped in. I'm, I was so fortunate. My parents were really supportive. My in-laws, everyone helped us. We got, you know, papers in June and opened in July. And like we worked, you know, around the clock to get things going. I definitely had much more of the artistic side. Um, I had all the ideas, you know, for working with parents and working with kids um, and not a lot of the business side. So I would like to say this is my 10th season and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm learning still every year. <laughs> I learn an incredible amount of the business side. And once in a while, I'll sort of chuckle to myself thinking, well, I definitely didn't know I would ever need to know that or definitely didn't know that I would ever be doing this side of things. But I've been really fortunate. So we opened, um, yeah, this will be our 10th anniversary season coming up now. And we started with, um, you know, maybe about 100, 150 kids the first season at the end. And we've gone up, some of our best seasons had over 250 kids. Wow. Usually on average 220, 225. Um, and we're just so fortunate. So now it's kind of neat. Some of the students that started with us 10 years ago are graduating mm. from university. I've got one who was going to med school, one doing her master's. And so just to be, to have made a little impact and be able to follow these kids along the way is really cool. So right now the kids graduating high school were part of my first like junior group. So they were sort oh. of seven or eight when I first met them and now they're graduates. So it's, it's been really cool. It's been super fulfilling, super challenging. You know, I won't lie. There's probably a couple days each year where I think, oh my gosh, I should have been a school teacher. I like, you know, or when they have their whole summer off or, you know, like just different things. But then there's so many days where I think I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful that I made this leap. I'm so thankful for the choice, the flexibility that it's allowed me and being able to use my creative side is I'm very, very lucky. Awesome. I, uh, I love all of that. And um, as someone who leapt into on the entrepreneurial world without, yes. a, <laughs> without a lick of business knowledge, <laughs> I was like, I just want to like help people and like yeah. do stuff. And yeah, I just wanted that. to teach dance. I wanted yeah. to, and my husband was like, you know, there's a lot more to it. <laughs> but uh, I was like, but I'm, I'm really good at this side. I'm really yeah. like, I can run the recital. I, you know, like I, I love that excitement, adrenaline. And, yeah. but definitely I've learned and respected that there is so much more that I was never aware of. <laughs> right. And you know, it's, it, 
I love the adage of leading with your strengths, right? So, you yeah. know, it's evidenced as someone who's sort of on the other side, the onlooker, the parent, that the passion is there. The kids are so motivated. The parents are engaged. And whenever there's, and you know, those, the recitals, all of the different types of things that you do, and, and I'm not even at all familiar with like the competitive world. That's a whole other thing. Um, and, and there's no like, oh, and you know what? I noticed that this wasn't done. And, <laughs> and there, because it's, it's this, the sense of, and this is, maybe I'm just speaking for me, but I really don't think that I am. There's, you are doing something that we are so grateful for and the passion is, is there and the other stuff will come, right? Like it's the eyes dot, whatever that, that stuff takes, it doesn't take care of itself, but it'll get taken care of. What is amazing is how the children and the the kids and the teens and everybody's cared for first. Like that is clearly the priority that everybody feels included and that there's um, so much joy that transpires in every class, regardless of where that student is going, what their plan is, whether they show up tomorrow, right? It's the, yeah. it's, that is evident. And I think that for anybody going into any business, um, it's not about negating the business end of things. It's not be like, I have passion. It will work. Yeah. Yes, you still have to work the other side of it, but if you don't have passion, it won't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? And so I've it, learned over the year. I've gotten better every year. I hope, and I my goal is to get to where you know the customer service side is as strong as the the passion and the the, the teaching experience is. But I always um, that's like you said, that's where I feel alive. Like mm. um, I don't ever feel like I'm at work when I'm in the room and I'm with yeah. children, like the time goes by so fast. I come home at night, you know, my husband's starting to wind down and I come home like just talking a mile a minute. I have so much energy. I'm so invigorated. Whatever That's happened awesome. during the day, whatever, you know, stress that might be going on or, you know, other things outside when I'm in the room and I'm with like children, but even with teens, like, and you see them, for teenagers, I see them come in and they're able to drop their stress a little bit. So they come mm. in, you know, they've had a tough day. Like it is so hard to be a teen in this day and age. So to be able to give them a release and a mm. place where they can, they leave happier. I see them, they feel lighter. They look lighter on their way out. Right. And I yeah. know that that's what the studio was for me when I was younger, how important it was. And with little kids, like just to see them build confidence and to see them discover a little bit about themselves along the way, I always feel so lucky. And I tell parents at the beginning of the year, sometimes they come in and they're, you know, the kids are so nervous and you know they're hugging mommy or hugging daddy. And, and I say to them, don't worry, like to let parents know that is part of it. Like in a yeah. few weeks, you'll be trying to pull them off me. Like yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, I'm, you know, easing them away from you, yeah. but to see that change and the, the children start to become friends, the parents become friends. Sometimes we get really lucky where, you know, like-minded parents are in the same group and yeah. just, it's so cool to be part of that. And that's, I think what I was drawn to about teaching was I always wanted to be that mentor, be that just influence in someone's life where you think, oh man, that was a really cool part of my childhood that yes. gave me some happiness or they helped, you know, they helped me believe in myself or anything like that. So I always think I, I'm lucky to be teaching dance, but hopefully there's so many other life skills in there. You know, oh, that were teamwork it, and all the accountability, you know, challenging yourself, all those other life skills that will help kids be resilient yes. and hopefully help them in their future. So. And the, there's obviously a lot of information out there about resiliency. What, what is, um, yeah 
why are some people resilient and some people aren't in the same situation? And obviously there's so many factors, experiences, emotions, and perceptions. And, um, and what I, what I recognize is it's this idea that it's okay to fail and society. And I use the P word, not often, but this whole idea uh, that patriarchy that is, we are immersed in is there's significant pressure for young children, girls and and boys and everybody to the like, just do this and be small and, 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 and make sure that everything's done right. And in, in the, the right order and everything's supposed to go in the right way. And it took me 40 years to learn how to be messy how to make mistakes and and be super excited about it and my experience with 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 my daughter so she started uh, at the dance school when she was five and i vividly remember standing outside the door of the school and for the first time in her life ever saying that she wanted to um do something in front of people and um and now my god she's a she's a raging storm of awesomeness and and it's just like um i need to be on stage i'm why am i not like way more famous than i am this very second i I don't understand um and i talked to her about the the idea of confidence and i we use that word because i wanted her to know what she was experiencing and that it was a powerful beautiful thing even though it was unknown and sometimes it feels you know that's oh i don't know if i can do this and and be able to to step into that space and i know that she had that 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 growth moment at that early age and since then has just flourished through this lens of yeah I can do that. I can fall I down. Can do I can get back up. I can fall down. I get yeah. back up. I fall down. Yeah. Cool. And this learning is... that balance of like, when you're talking about messiness, I think there's such a balance. Dance is one example of it, but it happens in so many things where sometimes it has to be done this way. And that's the way we do it. And other times it can be done any way you want. And I really try to find that balance. Sometimes mm-hmm. I want to teach kids, this is the proper way, or this is the safe way, or, you know, this is the way we need to do it they don't often know that it's a progression, right? Right. I need you to learn this way now. And you'll thank me when you're 16. (laughs) Right. And I see it with my teenagers and they're trying to break some of these habits. Right. So I look back and I think, okay, we're going to, you know, teach everybody the right way moving up. But in every class, I want there to be time where they can do whatever they want. And I see kids are like, but, but what, what am I, what is the rule? What do I have to be following? And to teach them to let go and find that freedom but then to also be able to follow expectations is such an interesting balance. And I think, you know, really great classroom teachers, like coaches, everybody, that's what you want from your kids. I want them to be able to be in charge sometimes and make their mm-hmm. own choices. And then other times know that, okay, there is a reason and there, there is a rhyme, even if you don't understand it. And right. this is what we're going to try to do. And I often think of, I had a, a, a fabulous instructor in teacher's college who was teaching art and it was like to learn how to teach art to primary students. You know, we only had her for a few weeks. She was trying to teach all these different um, mental, how do you make art work? How do you teach kids? And one thing she said that I've always remembered was she said, you know, when you go in a school and you look in the hallway and you see everyone's artwork up, she said, how many times have you gone by and every artwork looks the same? And I thought Mm -hmm. of every craft that I ever thought, Oh my gosh, that's a great craft. I should do that with my students. You know, everybody's tree is the same, everyone's branches are the same, or everyone's sky is the same color. That's how I had been taught. And she said, if I ever come to your school, I don't ever want to see them looking the same. 
They should look however the kids, like art is, them finding their way. You can give them a sample, but you have to give right. five samples. Right. And I thought, oh my gosh, it's so, that I always remembered. And I thought that was one of the most useful two seconds from Teachers College for me. And I think of that with dance. Like, I don't want them to all be the same dancer. So I have some kids who love to turn, some kids who every minute they can, they go on the floor, they roll, they, they reach, they, other kids always want to spin a partner or like, so trying to find a way to, even within a structured discipline, allow kids to find their own voice mm. and to be different and make their own choices. And so we've been in the later years of our studio, we've been trying to do a lot of improv and, you know, like you were saying how music can influence you. So I'm using different styles of music, sometimes a song they know, sometimes a song they don't know, a fast, a slow, and watching how they respond to it. And I tell them there are no rules. You can do anything you like. And some kids that petrifies them and some right. kids it liberates them right. and sometimes it changes week to week <laughs> right they loved it last week and this week you know for whatever reason they're feeling a little more in their shell and but it's uh an inch like it applies to so many things of our life too right sometimes we know what we're doing and we know we have to do it and other times you think I can do whatever I want <laughs> or right. why, why do I have to do it that way that is phenomenal. That's making me, right before we hit record, I was telling you a little bit about this, um, these books that I've been reading and shocker, I read a lot of books when I'm on vacation, <laughs> which was last week. And, um, <laughs> and what you just sparked something in me that made me think about how fascinating, um, that particular component is in relation to, um, embodied mindfulness. So the book I was I'm doing some reading on, on, like how your body is your brain and the different, um, you know, you have a nervous system uh, around your, your gut that is like more influential than parts of your brain. You have nerves around your heart that are sending signals to your brain, all kinds of fascinating things. But this idea that the way we choose over time to habitually carry our body then can hold in certain mindset and thought patterns that can either keep us stuck and or liberate us. So in the same way that, you know, power stance, heart open, chin up makes you feel good. Um, and, and there's some truth to that, but it's this idea that the way that you hold your body represents for you feelings and those feelings reside in your body. And, um, you know, from an early age, we are shifting and holding ourselves because of the repeated thoughts that we have. So if we're continuing to, to not only do certain things, but think certain ways then our body will continue to hold that space. And just like, um, a woman who wears high heels for 40 years, can't put her heel to the ground because it hurts her calf. Um, the same thing can happen in a body over time and such that you, it's more challenging to get unstuck out of your mindset because your body is stuck in a certain position in geographical space. And I love the idea that you've offered the the students, not just, a, you know, yes, they structure is, is great and they yeah. need all the moves and the, they need to know how to do things safely and how to do things correctly. But at that early time, when they get to free flow into a body position or or again, on the floor, in the air, twirling, yeah. moving, stillness, so that they can embody that, that joy. And yeah. at that point, start to make that the habit, right? So I love twirling. I want to be twirling all the time so that when I'm feeling stressed, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to twirl yeah. my ass around the living room. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And, to and it's this release, this wonderful yeah. release for them. And, but it's also um, them learning to listen and trust themselves. 
they don't even know that that's happening, but some kids yeah. don't trust themselves yet, right? So they, right. They, they see what another kid's doing and they do that, right? Or yeah. they, if, they've, if you've only ever had someone in front of you, like if you've only ever been able to follow, you've never been, a, been a given the chance to lead, it's right. very scary too, yeah. right? So having them, even like simple things, having each kid pick a warm-up move some weeks we do. And some kids, I always try to say, you can pass, right? Like it's okay because right. some kids just don't want to, but it's very cool that they learn it's okay to take step in, yeah. hear my voice and like do that, right? So improv, as scary as it can be for some kids, it's teaching them so many things, right? And even as simple with the little kids, I say, you know, walk down the room like it's your birthday. Like just to get <laughs> relaxed, right? And they yeah. say, okay, now walk down the room like today you have a math test, you know, or like and finding ways to get them out of their shells, getting them connecting mm-hmm. with their feelings through movement. Yeah. And it, with the older kids, they don't even know we're doing it. Like we change the style of the music, we change the style of the movement and getting them to release different things. But I just think it's so helpful for them. And they say, oh, I feel so much better now, right? Like, and I feel it myself after, you know, a great song and great movement or like all your stress. It's just amazing what movement does for you. Absolutely. You don't even know. (laughs) And and such a gift to offer that, um, that sense without having to include the conscious mind, because as we know, as we age and we, we get older and the stresses compound because the shoulds happen and the resp- what we feel is these external responsibilities show up. Um, and, and all of a sudden we have like laundry lists of things that need, need to get done. We can easily forget how we can use what we have in order to get where we want to go. It isn't just yeah. about, um, you know, it's not about that external doing. It's very much about that internal work and, and yeah. the, the gift of, of movement. So dance, yoga, meditation, yeah, anything, anything right? And for everyone, it's different, right? Like we got a puppy during COVID and that I've never, you know, I never thought, oh, that would, you know, walking a puppy is such a blessing or I've never, you know, right. felt that was missing from my life. But <laughs> having like having that you know, uh, need now to get outside on, in any weather uh, yeah. for that 10 minutes. You know, we go around the block, we go around the park. And, yeah. but that little bit of release of movement, getting mm-hmm. out of my rut is so different. Like, and I've been fortunate. My husband's been working from home during COVID. Some, we've never, we've, I've always been working at night. He works during the day. And yeah. so we've had more time in the last few months than we probably do in a whole year otherwise. <laughs> But he, you know, it's hard for him being stationary all day. He's an engineer. So we've been going to play tennis on his lunch Mm. hours. We're fortunate. We live near a park. And that exercise, like, I'm happier all afternoon. Like, and I believe he is too. That little bit of stress relief, you know. um, And we've learned, we've realized or (laughs) re-realized again, like confirmed for us how important it is. And what, in whatever form we can get it in. Right. Right. And it's not possible to do. No. And I think that whether you play play tennis or you walk a dog for 10 minutes, I mean, it's part is the shift and, and then the, it, it it can unlock your brain and unlock your muscles where the emotions are getting stuck and where the energy is getting stuck. I'm, I'm definitely not an expert, uh, on the idea of energy work, but I, I feel it. So I, I really get a sense of that. And, and I'm, I know that for not only have you been doing that with your husband, obviously there's been some, you know, personal uh, movement that you've been engaging in. And I'm I'm interested to hear about how you have used that during this time um, to, to help you stay centered and grounded. Because obviously for you, the studio is is not open, although you were doing 
the constant online. Um, but there's a huge energy shift when you're not with, yeah. the, with the kids, right? Yeah. So- huge energy shift for me when we were at home, um, not like zoom was wonderful and getting, I think the biggest goal for me in keeping, uh, offering online classes and offering the zoom was not just to keep kids dancing, but it was to just keep kids connected. And I think talking to parents, especially of teens, the biggest thing they were worried about was that connection. So letting them see their friends on Zoom, letting them feel connected, feel a part of something, feel a little bit connected to me, having a little bit of normalcy, that was so important. And it was wonderful for me. Like those days where I had Zoom all day, I was a little bit excited and the the energy kept me going. But it was very different, um, a different kind of exercise. I'm used to being in the studio, you know, four or five times, sometimes seven days a week and dancing for long times, being on my feet, moving and um, when my kids were getting into their online schooling habit, you know, my oldest was on her computer at nine, my youngest, you know, getting up in her jammies, getting onto her Google classroom. And the days I found were going by so quickly and I was just missing something. So I tried to dedicate when they both got logged on every day at nine, going for a run, mm. you know, and I thought I live right near a beautiful trail. We live right near the tiny trail. And you know, years ago when I was, I always said I managed to run a few half marathons just because I'm stubborn. Like I just don't stop. <laughs> Not necessarily because like, I always thought, oh, I'm going to train really properly and do that. And then life happens. And, but I'm a little bit stubborn and I have a little bit of endurance from my job and from, you know, being a, being, being in track and running and things in high school. So it's definitely gotten a little more challenging as I've gotten older, but it was something I tried to commit to for me. And I found having that run from nine to 10, it was like an escape from my house. It was an escape from being a mom, from, you know, being a studio owner, from all those other things. But I came back just like ready to take on the day. Mm-hmm. Like it was, um, I was more patient. I was more excited. I had more energy. I was like, you know, let's go do this. Let's do this. And the kids <laughs> are still on their homework. And I'm like, well, this afternoon. <laughs> like it just, it, I had more energy on those days than any other day. Like, um, and that's what I, I think maybe what I was missing most is from that exercise outlet from the studio is I was a little more tired, right? Mm-hmm. Even though you think, oh, I'm going to be more tired because I've had all the physical activity, but just gave me more energy for me. It was challenging myself uh, to go a little bit further. I downloaded an app to work on my pace and, um, you know, but just having my own, setting my own goals and feeling kind of proud of myself. So some days if I had a good run, you know, I'd sneak downstairs to brag to my husband. <laughs> Guess what? Like, you know, like, um, and it was just, it was neat. It was a neat little thing to do. So now I'm trying to, you know, find a balance of maybe I'm not going every single day, but trying to make sure I dedicate a couple of days a week to do it and mm-hmm. trying to get out on, as a family, get out on our bikes and, just find as many ways to get outside as we can. But for me, the running really reminded me it's okay to dedicate that time to myself. And no matter how busy I am, I can make it work. Like, you know, that quote about like, you know, you have the same amount of hours in a day as Beyonce, right? Like, (laughs) and I think of that sometimes because, you know, you, you can fit it in. If you want to, you can, right? Right. Like we, we, we are superheroes on those busy days somehow we managed to do so much so trying to think you know I can make it work I can do it (laughs) absolutely and I think that there's such a pressure and it it, you know we are very fast paced world right now everything is very immediate and it's 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 not just millennials right it's it's all of us that are like click and get click and get and um there's a a disconnect between the importance of the long range view of the long-term plan, if you will, like you're playing the long game here. 
And because the impact of a run every day, although it does have the immediate endorphin kick and it has the like the jazzing up, but um, there's always a a long term trickle to those types of actually to all behavior. So any behavior that you choose to do every single day, no matter what it is, is having a long term impact. Mm-hmm. And when we align our consistent and persistent behaviors with how we want to actually be later, the now is nice, but later is better. Um, the, it, it's, it compounds. It's, it's almost like, like logarithmic, right? It just kind of goes and then it shoots up like crazy. So I'm interested, what would you say are some of the long-term impacts? You know, you've been doing this, COVID has been happening for about four months now. Um, and you've been committing this time to yourself beyond the initial physical awesomeness and the, Oh yes, I did that. And let's like, I'm sparked for the day. Um, what would you say are some of the other, um, ripple effect type impact that you, that you have seen? I definitely wish I started a bit earlier in COVID. (laughs) Like I think, you know, like it was so uncertain at the beginning, right? It was so uncertain and obviously it wasn't as warm. It wasn't, you know, it it was March and things like that. (laughs) So, but when I got going, uh, I think in like April, end of April, early May, like I, I say, I thought, oh man, I should have been doing this sooner. Like it mm-hmm. felt good. Right. So, um, I was glad that I started and I think it's just been a reminder for me, um, that I can, I can do it. Like it just mm-hmm. trust, it just gave me a little bit of faith in myself. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes we doubt ourselves or, you know, or it's too late to start that or, oh, I, you know, I wish I could do that. If someone else does, I won't be able to do that or, oh yeah, but I'm busy. And, and I, I, I hate to use the busy card, but I, I do, I, I, and I'm trying not to, right. but I've always used that as an excuse, I think. And mm. I felt a bit naked without the studio, without my strange schedule, without working every day, without, I just, I had a lack of, a lack of schedule, if you will, but yet it was still lots going on, you know, online schooling and Zoom classes and things. So it was, it was just an uncertain time. So for me, I gained a little bit of certainty. I gained a little Mm. bit of structure and I, now, you know, I, I can do it. I can pick up something new. I could try something new. And, and I thought it was a good role model for my girls too, because sometimes they were asking me for things and they needed my help. And I said, you know what, mommy's going to go and I'll be back. If you still need help at 10 o'clock, I can help you then. And I thought, I want to show them the, the importance, obviously, of exercise, and being of, but also of self-care and of independence and of finding time for myself and things like that, right? So awesome. um, I'm hoping that there was some ripple effects that way too. <laughs> and yeah, it, it, it definitely made me want to be more active the rest of the day. So we've been biking more and you know, my, my kids have been being even more active outside of the house. And so I'm hoping it just kind of um, lit, a, lit a fire under me that transferred into them too. <laughs> That's, I, I, and I, I'm, I mean, I can't say for sure that it has, but that's definitely the the way that it works, right? We model, kids are great mimics and terrible interpreters. So to be sitting on your ass and then telling them to go outside and exercise, not Which the I same thing, too. right? I do it all the time. Right? So just yeah. go play, do things. I I mean, it's important for you to be outside. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely done that. But the, 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 the concept of like a keystone habit, like a keystone habit is a thing that you align with. You feel it, it, it's kind of like low hanging fruit. Like you, you're, yep. yep, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. And you do it and it feels good to do it. But the impact is that it also makes other things a little bit more um, easy. And so earlier in, again, before we hit record, we were talking a little bit about 
um, something that is, is still a work in progress for you. And, and I would say most women that I talk to is this idea of, <laughs> of, of finding a way to disconnect from the, the laundry list of what we feel are our responsibilities yeah. and, and, and delegating. And, and in my world, you know, when I work with clients, I, I had this whole thing about delegating and like, it, you almost need to learn it at, from a ground up sort of perspective yeah. in that delegating truly means releasing yourself from it, right? Like it, it doesn't mean you ask somebody to do something and then you come back later and tell them how they didn't do it right. <laughs> Not delegating. That yeah. is still taking ownership. And so I'm interested if you're, are you seeing an impact in areas like that in your life where you feel a little bit more empowered to like, no, it's mine and, and my time. And, and, and so you go do that. Are you yeah. seeing any of that? Definitely. It's a good reminder for me to, I hate to use the word selfish, but that's what it felt like at first is a little bit, I'm a little bit, I'm going to be a little bit selfish for this hour. And then, and I know that's not what it is, but as, as a mom, as a wife, as a woman, a business owner, everything, we feel that sometimes taking that time for ourselves is selfish, right? So reminding myself that that's part of my, my self-worth or just that it's an important part of my day. I'm a better mom when I come back from having some time on my own, right? right. And I even felt that way with my work too. Some days I'm at the studio with my kids, but other days I'm there without them. And, you know, going to work, feeling fulfilled, having all this um, positive experiences. When I come home, I'm, I'm better for it. I'm more patient. I'm, you know, uh, more understanding. I'm, it's just great all around, right? So I definitely think carving out that time um, and delegating, you know, maybe whatever else had to happen at that moment yeah. was, was really important, right? And I always struggled with that with my business. Right, asking for help and trying to make things work. You know, sometimes I had to say to my husband, "Okay, for a ride. I know you're working, but can you just listen for the dog if you hear the dog on the deck, or you know, if Scarlett needs help getting onto her Google Meet, I'm going to need you." And and I'm lucky to have that support. But it's a you know a small example of one of the big goals of with my studio and with my life is I'm trying to get better, like you said, at releasing things and you know, trusting that support system around me and really um, learning to let go, which is hard. Yeah, it's <laughs> and that's something I really admire from other business women and other women in the community. So I'm trying to, trying to learn. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all we can do. I mean, every day is a new opportunity to learn something that you didn't know the day before. Right. And yeah, I just exactly. wanted to touch on something you brought up that I think is so important is this, the word selfish. Um, and every one of my clients is like, oh, but it, I, I can't, I, I feel selfish. And that's, that's yucky. It's a yucky feeling. Why is it a yucky word? Why? Right? I, I was, I'm like, why well, feel bad to be, need to be someone. It's hard. We're trying to teach our children not to be self. Like it's an right? interesting thing, right? And I'm, I'm surprised that the, and maybe I just don't know it. So if anybody's listening and they know what the alternate word is that represents, that isn't self-care, self-love. I mean, delegating isn't necessarily self-care. It, it's taking time for me that's about me and, and gives to me because I then get to give to others. I think there's, there's something more to that. I mean, I looked up the definition of selfish because this is, it had been bothering me. I'm like, is there any way I could just reframe this and say selfish is great. Like I've reframed the word failure to make me excited. So can I reframe yeah. the word selfish to be like, yes, but selfish in and of itself is truly like do something for yourself and screw everybody else. It's literally the definition. Well, not literally, it's figuratively the definition, <laughs> but, but the, the, the caveat is that 
the it's it goes beyond the fill your cup first or put the mask on first it's it's truly about you are responsible for literally one human forever and it's you and and taking and and that idea of love like so yes self-love is in there um because if you truly loved everything going on here you'd be like it's really important and i'm really excited to give to her and I really want to give her what she needs and all of, yeah. all of those. It, it, it's, there's, there's, it's an onion here. This is an onion, yeah. ladies. I really want to like peel this away. Um, so if you have another word that you think is spectacular, then please let me know. Find me on Facebook. Let's make this happen. Let's, let's yeah. find the word. that. And being, being aware, I think. Being aware, right? Because when I think about delegating, I think, okay, I have to take the things I don't like and give them to other people to do. Like that's right. my work, I think okay, delegating. But then the problem I was running into sometimes is, well, I want all of it. Like I have to delegate. (laughs) I I want all of it. Like I have to delegate my class schedule. I can't teach seven days a week. So therefore I can't teach everyone's kit. I can't teach every class. Giving up those classes, like it's heartbreaking. I'm like, but I taught them last year. I want to teach them again. I like self, again, selfishly, like I love that class or I want that class. And so being aware is what's been helping me. I Try to think of okay, well, what are my limits? What is my what 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 do I want? I want to be home one night a week for bedtime, like I want to have one night a week where I'm home before ten o'clock, or you know, uh, finding what my limits are and then making things fit into that. But I I aware is how I try to think of it. I'm aware of what my limits are, what my staff need from me, or what my kids need from me, what my teachers need from me, all those other things. But it's so much more complex than just you know, I'll just give things away. And yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you were saying, you know, you give the things away that you don't want to do. And I know a lot of people, um, and this happened with my husband and I, where you, you're like, oh, but I don't want to burden them with this task that is so terrible because I don't yeah. want them to think I don't like that. I don't respect <laughs> them or they don't like them. And yeah. then strangely enough, find out that that person likes to do that thing, right? Yeah. It's, 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 it, I think that is part of it too. It's not, you yeah. know, obviously if there's lots that you want to do and, and, you, and you just can't find the time and the energy because you're not a superhuman, we're, we're all just human beings. <laughs> um, but really recognizing that there's multiple aspects of running a business, of running a family, of just existing, that yeah. there are things that we're really good at and to keep us in that zone of genius, which is filling us up constantly, which then gives us more energy to do more of what we want to do. Yeah. We have to be able to let go of things. Yeah. And, and, and to, to let go of them. strength, like you're saying, yes. right too. So like, that's one I've tried to look at it as what are other people's strengths and what, 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 where does their heart lie? So trying to, you know, allow my staff to have their strengths and to look at mine. Okay. These are the ones I'm strongest at. These are, or these are the ones maybe I need to work on this year. So I want to focus on those or it all ties together. Like it's yeah. so interesting what you're saying. <laughs> and and to be able to, like for me, um, as I was venturing out into the solopreneur world and, you know, early on you do do all the things because yeah. number one, you don't have money to be paying others to do it. And you, no. you don't even know what you don't know. Right. So you're out there like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do the marketing. I'm going to make the yeah. graphics. I'm going to do the <laughs> website. I'm going to do the thing. And, oh, and I'm also going to do the business part, like actually serve clients and, <laughs> And I, you know, starting to realize it's not that I can't, it's not even that I don't like, it's that where am I best suited? Where is my energy best placed so that there's more of me and more benefit, more impact, more of the things that I want. Right. And I, I mentally and openly invited people in who have talents, who have gifts, who have desires to help 
me with certain things. And, you know, so to look at existing people in your life and going, wow, okay, so how can I work with you so that we can all grow together? Cool. Mm -hmm. But even to go beyond that and go, who do I need in my life now? I need someone who is really good at this, some yeah. random task that I didn't even know existed until yesterday and went, shit, I don't know how to do that. So <laughs> and to, be, to be okay with not having that be something that I'm strong at. Like I've always yeah. been okay at identifying my strengths, but I think I've always taken a little bit of, um, I don't want to use the word shame, but a little bit of, well, maybe I should be good at that. And by giving that away, I'm, I'm acknowledging failure or like, you know, I knew from the beginning, I don't know how to build a website, but instead of hiring someone from the beginning, I thought, well, I can learn. Yeah. Like, and I thought I can learn how to do this. I can learn how to do this. You know, I, if I put my mind to it, I can, but like so much, I wish I'd known earlier on in my, you know, sole proprietor journey. Like I don't have to do everything and I don't have to know how to do everything. And it's okay to rely on those other people with strengths. Yeah. I think I had this vision of, well, I'll learn. I'll, yeah. I'll, you know, I'll employ experts to teach me and then I'll just know how to do it. And, um, looking back, like I really, like you said, acknowledging these other wonderful people in your community, in your circle and building from those resources. Mm -hmm. um, it just makes the product so much stronger and it gives you so much as well. Like I, it's yeah. such a give and take, like learning from them and from their energy and from their experience. And yeah, there's, so that there's all comes lot. back. <laughs> it does. And there, I think there's something about like surrender in there. So I've hired yeah. experts to yeah, help and then it's, word. And then, and then I'm like, okay, but I'm still going to do it. So I've learned, <laughs> but I'm still going to do it. Oh, but, my husband would laugh at that. That's, yeah. He's like, but why are you still doing, doing it? it? Right. So it's, I, I, I'm a big advocate. Like I love the learning and I'm like, and I'm super capable. Like I can do anything and you know, but really what I actually learn more when I allow them to do it. And then I go, it, cause it's a great product and I get to learn how it is a great product. I get to work with it. I get to, you know, so my website, I, I finally, after five years, I'm like, I'm going to hire somebody else to do that now. Um, and I've learned so much just in allowing them to do it and being like, Oh, so now if I wanted to do that again, which I may or may not, I feel more empowered with this, with this yeah. information. And, and it yeah. came from me going, it's okay that I'm not doing all the things. I mean, that's hard, right? I, and that's, I think I was always someone who wanted to do it all. Like looking back, I don't think my parents gave me that. I think I had that. I wanted to be on every sports team. I wanted to be at every club. I wanted to be on everything. And I remember saying, you don't, people saying, you don't have to do that, but I want to. Like, so I know <laughs> that that comes from me a little bit. And, but yeah, trying to acknowledge that is, uh, I'm, I'm late to the game to do it, but I'm going to get really good at it. That's my goal. <laughs> Well, and, and I just want to say everything happens as soon as it can. Like that's, that's kind of my, that's my yeah. motto for life. I like because that. 10 years, five years ago, 10 years ago, a year ago, that perspective can't be held because you haven't had the experiences in order to bring you to this place, right? We, yep. we have no, to experience in order to know anything. And, yeah. um, and, and I, because I too, you know, just turned 44 and I'm like, well, wish I'd done that before. wish I'd done that early. wish I'd done. And then I'm like, but I, I, I couldn't have. So wishing for it, number one, I can't change the past. Um, but then allowing myself to have been the person I was, because then that brought me to this place. Because I love that. I, I love that idea of it too. Right. If I, yeah. and I have learned so much and try to be very conscious of everything we've like every year, I try to think of all the things we learned last year from 
I'm so fortunate to have other great teachers. I'm, and I, you know, I'm part of a community of other studio owners and I learn from other fabulous females in the community and mentors. And so you're right, you really do need all those experiences to be in the place to move forward, right? Yeah. And yeah, and I love that constantly learning and that with COVID, you know, this is the first summer in many, many years where I haven't been working, like usually in July, I'm teaching summer camps and, you know, I, I try to squeeze a little bit of time off, but it's very busy, the summer season for me. And this summer, not having it was very different. So I've been able to do professional development. Like this mm. week, I'm in a course with this studio owner that I've always admired from California. And I've never been able to go to California for three days to attend her <laughs> workshop. Right. And it's been, I've always thought, oh, wouldn't that be amazing? And this year, you know, it was on Zoom and I thought, okay, great. So I've been learning and, you know, I was able to take another teacher certification course. I'm taking a flexibility instruction course and being able to uh, find new ways. And the goal in there is, you know, we're all learning and we're all learning together. And there's some people much younger than me, some people much older than me, and they bring all their experiences. And it's so great. It's making me so excited um, to get back to work. But it's just a really important reminder for me that, I can keep going and I can keep learning and I, I can change my focus or I can change my strengths, right? Something that wasn't an area can be eventually or, um, so that, uh, you know, you have to find the silver linings during yeah. <laughs> COVID and well, that professional development time for me, um, has been wonderful. That's awesome. It, it's funny and it's not, I don't even know if it's funny. So many people that I've talked to, and it's not that it's not about um, ignoring or uh, not recognizing all of the all of the everything that's transpired through through this pandemic, and and there is definitely stuff that sucks big time about it. Yep. But we can't focus continually focus on the past. We have to be able to look forward. And so many yep. of us are looking at the the gratitude aspect and thinking about the silver lining. And and I've most women I've talked to, it's I. I've always wanted to, I put it off somewhere and it was like this sort of dream, maybe in another lifetime kind of thing. And then I'm like, I think we actually energetically manifested all of this because <laughs> everybody's like, I just have the, I just did stuff. Yeah. Right? I, I was just... able to have the time or I was able to be in the right mindset to do it. Or I know it's so interesting. And I am always trying to yeah find that positive, right? I try to role yeah. model for my kids. Like, yeah, we're disappointed, but this, like, they don't, you don't want them to dwell in that. I want them to acknowledge, okay, yes, these, you know, track and field got canceled. Yes, this summer camp got canceled. And so we can be sad about that. We can miss it, but let's focus on what are all the other things we're gaining. Yeah. Right. So I'm been really trying to do that for them and for myself. And yeah, everyone I speak to, you're so right. That's, there's a minute or two of, oh, can you believe it? And then, well, on the plus side, this is the good part. Right. Yeah. So, awesome. yeah and reminding ourselves of that is so helpful. And to do it in, in community, I think it's really, it's been really valuable to hear how we can, I can listen to someone's story about how it's been hard and how it's been challenging. And then together we can find the, the way for that person to, to, again, to come back to what we talked about earlier, this idea of resilience. It's not about not going through crap. It's not about rose colored glasses. It's about looking at it and going, this is happened this is i felt the feelings and they they were big and yeah. this is how i'm choosing to move through not ignore not negate but to to move through and, and learn and grow from because time is going to keep ticking 
for some people that are out there and call it a construct, fine, but it's happening and I'm going to wake up and it's going to be tomorrow and some, and I'm going to have to continue to put one foot in front of the other. So I have choices and, and I want to be able to look at my experiences and, and, and continue to just make choices based on how I want to show up continuously which is, yeah. I think, uh, not only what you've been talking about, but truly what you've been um, teaching the, this entire community through the children for now a decade, which I think is super powerful. And, and again, I'm, I'm so grateful that you're part of my world. So Thank Steph, you. I, I, you, you have so much wisdom and you've shared so many different pieces, um, but what would you say is, is one thing that you want to leave with, with the next woman who is like facing that I'm so busy, I'm too busy, but now I'm not. What, what, is, what is one piece of, of wisdom that you would share with her so that she can continue to move forward? I know there's so much, right? I, that's a great question. Um, I think community, I, mm. I think community would probably be my suggestion. And I think that comes in any shape or form because when you don't even know what you're missing sometimes right so sometimes you know connecting with my elementary school and high school girlfriends just changes my whole perspective right having lunch with a friend or you know like having a, a chance to visit with my parents um, you know or having you know a dialogue with a parent in the lobby at my studio or talking with a friend who's a teacher, like little tiny interactions can sometimes change, like just reinvigorate me, gives me a new way of thinking, right? And sometimes it's maybe because I'm a bit artistic, like sometimes it's a movie or a show or, you know, that particular episode or that song, something will just um, inspire me a little bit. So I really think community is a way to get through it, whether it's, you know, um, for budgeting or whether it's for scheduling or whether it's for uh, fitness or whatever the goal is. I think being part of a community, whether it's one person, you know, 10 people online, whatever, has really made a big difference. So for me, like I'm part of a dance teacher community, you know, I'm part of a mom community of friends, you know, a neighborhood community, um, you know, uh, just so many things. I think those have been invaluable, invaluable resources, invaluable sounding boards, and just good for my sanity, yeah. right? Like having that escape, having that getting, you know, and I, that really does change so much for me. I've learned so much, but helps my perspective. I'm happier afterwards. I feel well-rounded afterwards. And, you know, obviously there's times where you don't get as much of the community as you need, right? You're, right. you know, you go too long. I think, why did we wait so long to visit? Or why did <laughs> right. I wait so long to make time to watch this? Or, but taking that little bit of time in whatever um, form it comes is, uh, is invaluable. My awesome. suggestion people are doing with you, right? Carving time out to work mm. with someone, to speak with someone, to engage with someone, to find a podcast that helps you, to find a book that helps you and share it with other people, right? So women right. empowering women, uh, or community empowering community, the It Takes a Village, those to me are so important and really ring true, I think. Awesome. That is so, so true. Staying connected and feeling seen and heard and yeah. that you, you matter because your opinions matter and what you're interested in matters and, and, and you are interested in others and you, that reciprocity is very yeah. fueling. It's very filling, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you know, community doesn't mean massive gatherings. It just means no. that, that, that staying connected with the people that matter. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much for your time thank and you. for 
for sharing everything with me. And um, I look forward to seeing you again in real life. And yes, and, in real life. And, and so do my girls. We're almost and, there. We're, yeah, we're almost there. So yes, I know. I saw a little dancer at the park this morning, and she came over. She wanted to hug me, so mm. we did like a little virtual. Hug. <laughs> <laughs> and her mom said, "Oh, like," and I thought, "Oh, soon." We're going to be back there soon. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Thank Thank you so much much. for having me. I love everything you're doing. So always learning. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Join Dion again next week to learn more about what you can do to go from hot mess to awesomeness.